And now, broadcasting from their secret hideout, Checkpoint XP presents a show about comic books and superheroes. Robbie Landis, Joe Sloan, The Other Identity. Look, it's a comic, a movie. No, it's a podcast, The Other Identity, with me, Robbie Landis, and my co-host, Joe Sloan. What's up, Joe? How long did you work on that? I thought of it last night when I was in bed, man. Uh, Of course you did. I'm like, oh, how do we bring in this show? Wait, I got it. So, that's going to be the end every single time we do it. How cool is that? Uh, it's exactly what I expected, I'll put it that way. Yes, it is awesome. So, welcome everyone to The Other Identity. This is me and Joe's personal podcast that we're doing so that we can talk about whatever we want, comic-related, not just in the comic book world itself, but everything that spans beyond it in in all types of popular culture, whether it's uh, new shows like Titans, which is actually pretty good, or uh, movies like the Aquaman movie that's coming out, which... Actually, we'll see. might be okay. To, Fingers crossed. Yeah, to uh, dumb decisions like DC deciding to rename Dick Grayson Rick Grayson, which up until now is still one of my favorites. Rick, okay, so Rick Grayson is is like legendary. That is going Already. to be one that I w- I will Already. remember that ten years from now. Hey, you remember when they changed Dick Grayson to Rick Grayson and said that's acceptable? Yeah, no, so, absolutely. So you and I uh, are very much into uh, comics and the and the movies and the TV shows that surround it. And one of the problems that we run into with Checkpoint, while there is an element of pop culture to it, at its core, it is a video games and esports show. So we always have to kind of you know maintain that idea. And because it is pop culture, we can occasionally get away with doing a segment. You know, when Stan Lee passes, we can do that as a news runoff. When uh, yeah, something big like Infinity War, we can get a podcast out of it. Exactly, but. We have to always maintain in our mind that, hey, we're esports and video games first. That's what our wheelhouse is, and that's what we're supposed to talk about. So, when it, to talk about, uh, uh, because this is definitely something that's going to be done on the show, the Marvel teaming up with Riot for the League of Legends comics. Yeah, so we're actually we're talking about that uh, on the show this week, uh, and I, I am very excited to talk about that because I'm curious to see what they're able to do with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've talked about in the past how uh, Overwatch and League of Legends they've they've established this pantheon of characters and this world surrounding them, and it's it's really perfectly set up for TV shows or for you know a cartoon or something like that, but a comic book. Absolutely. And you like like my concern would be that they would get someone maybe that I don't really want handling League of Legends to to do it, you know, it'd get stuck with like Xenoscope or someone like that. But no. They got Marvel to come in and do it. <laughs> yeah, I I'd, I'd be excited for you know, you know what? I am excited for it, Joe. I'm actually this this will be my like big step, my big foray into the world of League of Legends. This is acceptable for me. I see, and that's the thing for League of Legends. They've always had kind of a complicated relationship with their lore. When the game started, they had a pretty steadfast lore with locations that they stuck to. Uh, and as the, as more and more champions started coming into the game, it started getting harder and harder to have those champions interplay with one another and have it make sense still. So they eventually just kind of scrapped like the mainline canon and just every champion has their own lore and it is what it is. All right. All right. Uh, well, uh, before we, before we really get into what, uh, today's topic is which by the way is origin stories our origins uh 
I wanted to, just in case we pick up any new viewers with this, because that's the whole point of, of doing these, besides giving us a new platform to talk about what we love, you know, we hope to to increase the, the purview of Checkpoint XP. So if you happen to be catching us on YouTube or uh, maybe you're, you're listening to the podcast itself, be sure to check out everything that we're about over at twitch.tv slash Checkpoint XP. We are the nation's first syndicated international, the first internationally syndicated talk show that talks about esports, gaming, and of course, we also have a bunch of other content, such as what you're listening to now, the other identity for comics, uh, low team damage for Overwatch. Uh, Joe, you and your girlfriend uh, do loathe at first sight every other Tuesday, which is basically where they torture each other with really, really terrible games. Yep. Um, Dungeons and Dragons on Monday. I do that over at the channel, and uh, we have a bunch of other stuff coming, like a uh, a WWE podcast or a wrestling podcast, right? Yeah, the Checkpoint Chokehold. That's right, and of course we do Checkpoint Daily, which is the flagship show every weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. Again, over at twitch.tv slash Checkpoint XP. Come and check us out. Give us a follow. Toss us some bits and a sub. We really like that kind of stuff. So, without further ado, then. Let's talk a little bit about us and our sort of uh, our background when it comes to to comics and and well, you know we'll even we can even throw in there the age old question who's your favorite superhero yeah so I mean first let's start with the very idea of you know the origin story uh, it's something that we see played out again and again and again in movies sometimes to the movie's detriment uh, you don't always need to have the origin story told once again but the the reason that it gets retold time and time again is the origin story is I mean the most focal point of any superhero uh, what we'd like to see with our superheroes we'd like to see how they grow and change and evolve over time but all that is predicated on well where did they come from and where did they start out how did they get to be who they are uh, and you see it done well sometimes when you think of uh, Deadpool when you think of that movie they took a character whose origin story was pretty vague and never satisfying and had to give him a brand new interesting way of you know coming to be and, and getting to be Deadpool it's, so, it's still also so though just your your normal origin story you know uh, a spider-man went through it what two two times now i mean it, it seems like way way more than that but but yeah he actually went only went through it twice right to the point where marvel is now at with some of their characters where they don't worry about trying to give them an origin story or it's easy enough to to give those origins within your movie look at look at black panther that wasn't an origin story, but we still know how he becomes Black Panther, what goes into, you know, uh, someone becoming the Black Panther. And I actually love even more in the way that the Netflix shows have recently been doing it, right? In um, in Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, I think it's around episode five or six in Jessica Jones, they're having coffee. And he's like, so how'd you get your powers? Accident. Yours. Experiment. That's it. Now, obviously, later they do explain a little bit more with flashbacks and stuff how it happened, but it isn't something that you have to shove into people's faces right up front. Let us discover it in a more interesting manner. Think about whenever you meet anyone. You don't just walk up to them and be like, hey, here's my life story. It's something that happens and unfolds naturally over time as you you know become more familiar with them. Right, and, and you brought up spider-man and it's you know probably the best example of a origin story because uh, you're right it, it has only been told twice even though it feels like it's been told a thousand times and the reason it feels like it's been th- told a thousand times 
is because you can always every movie makes some sort of callback to it. They always reference Uncle Ben. They always reference that he was uh, they uh, you know you know Peter takes after his Uncle Ben or he'd be making him proud. That's why we feel like we've seen that origin story a billion times. Well, how many times have we heard with great power comes great respect? Yes, we know, Aunt May. Shut up. But I mean, and that's like not even like fair to criticize Spider-Man for. The problem with that is every other superhero basically adopts that that's line fair. at some point. That's fair. Well, it's it's such a great mantra for just I think all of not just all of our Marvel, all superheroes. You know, whether or not anyone actually says it or not, that's the reason that most superheroes do what it is they do. They understand that I have this power and I have a responsibility to use it in some way. So let's talk about uh, our origin story, because uh, as we, you know, grow and evolve throughout this podcast, because by the way, you do grow and evolve anytime you do a new show. If you're out there and haven't done one before, you will most definitely be a different person by the end of it than you were at the start of it. I mean, think of uh, Robbie, you and I on Limit Break Radio. We both ended that show very different characters than we started that show with. Yeah, we absolutely did. Uh, um, I mean, you know, think about how much of a punching bag he used to be in in the early days, and now oh, you're yeah. and now you're a news person over on uh, on Checkpoint XP. Yeah. So yeah, maybe th- some things don't change. Though, <laughs> I guess. So, uh, Robbie, I'll let you go first. Uh, give a give us your origin story. Okay, so you know, as as far back as I can remember, the very first superhero exposure that I had and and and, and I I'm actually kind of at the point now where I'm not even sure if I if I made this up if it was part of the 90s Spider-Man or if it actually existed but was there like like an early 90s maybe a late 80s Iron Man cartoon is that something that I'm remembering correctly I don't remember that. Maybe I, there was. I do know for sure that that Tony Stark made a guest appearance on the '90s Spider-Man cartoon once or twice, but I feel like sure. I knew him before that. And and back in that one, uh, not only was he a, a raging alcoholic, thinly veiled, you know, and subtly hinted at because of you know a children's show, but he was also crippled. He was he was actually in a wheelchair, and he needed the Iron Man armor in order to go out and do stuff. Right, and so. Oh. Right away, as someone being introduced to superheroes, I was drawn to this this idea that you know a, a, a superhero isn't Captain America. You know, it's, it's not someone who's who's strong and in in buffed out, and you know, or or, or or the you know the the Hulk. Who, well, granted, when he's not the Hulk, is, is Bruce Banner. But this idea that heroes are people who are vulnerable, people who have flaws, and who are weak in some way or another but still decide themselves like, no, this isn't going to hold me back. I'm going to find a way to protect people, to be the hero, to do what's right. Um, and so, you know, that's what first got me into to superheroes. And, and then obviously Spider-Man, I think, was the bigger impact. And then as well as X-Men uh, uh, to a little bit of a lesser extent. But Spider-Man was not just my hero. That was my dad's favorite hero as well. You know, my dad was obviously really, really big into all the same sort of nerd culture stuff that I was. You know, he was, even though he didn't play gaming a lot, he was still very interested in it. And, you know, that was one of the big focal points of, of our relationship. When I started making superhero movies, like day one, every single day that's what me and him went and did so you know growing up on that uh, um i i think there was always this this thought of mine because i i grew up i was tiny like honestly from from when school began 
up until I hit high school, like that's when I had that growth spurt, I was like four or five. I don't know. I actually don't know how tall that actually is, but I was super short is the point. So I was the weak one, right? I wasn't, I wasn't the Steve Rogers that was going to be the, the, the hero to anyone. But when you look at Peter Parker, who was just a kid when he was bitten by that, you know, by the spider, or again, Tony Stark, when I first was introduced to him, where he was, you know, uh, uh, I think that, that basically the idea was that the, the, the shrapnel, you know, not only had moved to his heart, but was like in his, in his spine too, or, you know, had, had, had killed yeah. him so he couldn't walk, but, you know, that it always instilled within me that no matter who you are, you, you will have a chance to be the hero at some point. Well, you were Steve Rogers, just pre soldier serum and, and kind of still. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah. I think uh, one of the great things about superheroes is that it's never, almost never, the person who is who you logically would think should be a superhero. That's a, that's a trope that they that superheroes go to time and time and time again. Is you know it's it's never like like Eddie Brock. It's never Eddie Brock who becomes the superhero and he gets infected with venom, obviously. But uh, it's 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 always the last person you'd be expecting. You know, meek, mild mannered Clark Kent, or uh, or, or I guess Bruce Bruce Wayne might be like the one exception mm-hmm. to that. Well, well, here's the thing though. Even Clark Kent, like, okay, sure, he puts his glasses on, and we have no idea who he is, but he's still built man he is yeah, still a true. big dude right well and, and i mean the fun thing about clark kent is that clark kent is his secret identity right that you know it's one of the, one of the unique things about him yeah uh-oh little technical difficulty here and you're back did i disconnect for a second you there? did disconnect for a second yes oh my apologies so okay uh, one of my favorite things about uh, uh, like those Bruce Waynes or you know Tony Stark, while they are very much the last person you would expect uh, to be a superhero, uh, it's that the responsibility that ends up coming with like this weird gift that they've been given, and that the 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 growth the character has to go through because they were never they never expected to be that. It's not like they were uh, you know training to be a superhero. Peter Parker wasn't training to one day be the hero of new york city that he is he was uh, training to be a photographer and a scientist like that's what he liked to do uh and then he you know this whole spider-man thing is thrust upon him and how he has to grow and change as a character to meet the new expectations of the world upon him oh i'm so glad that that's what you find most interesting about spider-man you need to read the ultimate timeline so bad because it, it, it embodies it embodies that whole idea so poignantly because because it, and, and it's one of the reasons actually that Spider-Man ha- has become my favorite too. you know before it was just because that that was my dad's favorite hero. So, you know, that's that's my favorite hero as well. But to see that mindset juxtaposed in the you know framed as 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 a as a child because he he you know and even in the 90s when he you know he's a a high school student but he still kind of buffs up because of it right but in the ultimate timeline i think he i think he's when he gets bit he might be as young as 12 years old he's a he's a child oh. and and he still comes to these same realizations like i remember in 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 one of them he's slinging around and he's like this is this is absolutely 
insane. First of all, you're right. The fact that he was bitten purely by chance, it's not fate, you know, or, or anything like that. It wasn't because anyone saw potential in him or, or that he wanted to do it. He was the absolute last person in the world. Skinny, scrawny, shy, nerdy kid, last person in the world who should have been bit by a spider. But he got these powers. And even with the powers, he has no training. He shouldn't be doing this shit. Where's Iron Man? Where's S.H.I.E.L.D.? Where are the Avengers? They should be doing this. But there's nobody else there to do it. And and he has to. Like, he, he recognizes that this is something that I have to do. And when that's juxtaposed against all of these adults, Captain America, Nick Fury, uh, uh, Carol Danvers, getting caught up in politics and should we or shouldn't we or they didn't help us last time or they won't give us the information that we want to so we're not going to do it when a, a a 12 to 14 year old kid realizes no you you fix it like like if you have the powers or even if you don't you do what's right and the adults can't get that through their fucking head like man yeah. that speaks to me on such a powerful level ultimate spider-man is so fucking good and and they even continue that on with with miles when he becomes spider-man it's fucking fantastic well and eventually i do want to i want to read through the entirety of the ultimate timeline uh one of the things and i'm sure people are already like whoa 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 this person's hosting a uh a comic podcast and hasn't read the ultimate timeline getting into my origin story. I was very late to the party on comic books. It was, I did not, was not big into comic uh, books or superheroes uh, when I was a kid. I mean, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I loved power Rangers and I oh, loved ditto. transformers. Yes. Those, those were my superheroes mm-hmm. uh, when I was a kid, but like your, your typical Superman never was interesting to me. I didn't watch justice friends or I didn't watch things like that. The only exception to that was Batman, the animated series, uh, which I watched every day. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I, I feel like, I feel like your three staples of the nineties when it comes to, to like strictly superheroes, you know, from, from with their comic origins, Batman, the animated series, Spider-Man and X-Men. Like those are the three. So X-Men was interesting. I didn't get in with the original X-Men cartoon, but X-Men evolution, I watched the heck out of. And that's where I started to actually grow my interest in superheroes, not just, uh, you know, a couple TV shows mm-hmm. that I happened to watch. X-Men was the first time uh, where I saw people like me, because when X-Men Evolution was happening, I was a little bit older. You know, I wasn't just, you know, five, six, seven anymore. When I was watching X-Men Evolution, I think I w- might have been nine or ten by that point. And I started uh, seeing, you know, teenagers and people, you know, that, you know, an age that I was aspiring to be very soon. Uh, I started seeing them just have, like, real problems that are amplified by the fact that they have superpowers, right? Uh, while they may, their, their powers aren't just, oh God, the Brotherhood of Mutants is attacking again. Their powers are My real parents life. don't understand me. You were yeah. Jubilee, Joe! Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> it was Jubilee. It was, actually, it was actually Kitty that I, I ended up liking the most, but oh, that's not okay. the point. <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, X-Men was the first time that I started to see superheroes as just an extension of the real world versus this fantastical thing that doesn't make any like like when you see Batman, even as mu- as great a show as Batman the animated series is, he is a boy billionaire who then goes uh, away and trains with a group of ninjas to become the world's greatest detective and he's a billionaire who can do uh, you know, 
anything. You know, he, he has all the powers and all the money in the world. That isn't relatable to me as great a show as Batman the Animated Series was. X-Men Evolution, on the other hand, absolutely was uh, a show that I could get behind. It was kind of like, um, oh, oh, what's the other one? Um, not Spider-Man, not X-Men. Uh, a whole uh, a whole different show that was on? Yeah, it was um, like, oh, was it just Ju- Justice League Unlimited? Oh my gosh, that name was not coming to me for whatever reason. Uh, Justice League Unlimited. Uh, when they started bringing in more than just your founding Justice League members, when you started mm. getting to all the, the sub-characters that were involved in JLU, you started seeing those real problems again. You started seeing those people who were different uh who just they weren't born to be superheroes like when you see like the flash like the flash is great a character as he is in superman they have such a long storied career as superheroes by the time those shows come out that we're all just kind of like they've been superheroes forever but when i start seeing characters i've never seen before when i start seeing you know red tornado and weird you know uh, uh, uh booster gold when i start seeing people like that characters i'm not so familiar with i start I'm, i have a lot easier time relating to them mm-hmm. and so it wasn't until like the mid-2000s that i started to really get into superheroes so i'm very much behind the curve and behind the behind the the yeah behind the curve on well uh, i mean i don't know because because like you growing up you know uh uh i don't know about you but I, I grew up very poor as well so you know we didn't have the money uh or, or the time or even the location to go and buy comics right so that's why my my first inaugural sort of foray into them was obviously through tv and, and through cartoons and when the internet became more of a thing you know i would spend all types of nights uh, uh sitting up and like reading wikipedia entries about you know the backgrounds of of different characters and whatnot i obviously have recently uh, uh within the past few years read through the majority of the ultimate timeline uh, i tried to get into DC, dc's rebirth timeline as well but my gosh like like when it comes to comics proper they are so convoluted uh, you know at least with marvel when i started with the with the ultimate timeline because i had found like a collection of everything across all different titles in chronological order um, when I tried to do that with Rebirth, cause I'm like, all right, they just reset the timeline. Reset, that word does not mean what you think it means, DC. Um, because in the very first issue, it's like, if you want to know what happened, go back and read this. And I'm like, no, you reset, you don't, you, if you reset something, you don't send someone to read something else. Right. Rebirth was, was kind of a bungled mess because, uh, what they were trying to do was, uh, so when they did do the actual timeline reset, right, where New 52, uh, started up after Superboy punched the universe. Yes. I said that. Now, now, in, now, hold on. In the first episode of New 52, does it say the universe has been reset to figure out what happens? Go back and read Superboy, blah, 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 blah. No, New 52 does not start like that. Okay, New 52 cool. is just, it's, it's, hey, here's some origin stories. Here's what's going on. And we're on our way. With Rebirth, what they were trying to do, because they wanted to reset again, but they knew, but they had a lot of really good stuff in New 52. A lot of really good stuff in New 52. And they wanted to bring back stuff that was pre New 52. So Rebirth isn't really even a reset. It's just kind of a mishmash of everything that was good from the original runs and in New 52. And, I mean, you know, it works to varying degrees of success. Green Lanterns is outstanding. Green Lanterns is amazing. Aquaman is really good. Uh, Batgirl is really good. Batgirl was great in New 52. Some of it is... uh, some of it's all right. Well, and, and, and the other thing, too, that going through Rebirth that I wasn't the 
biggest fan of compared to at least how Marvel did their crossovers in the ultimate timeline is if you missed a crossover in the ultimate timeline, it was just like, you know, Kitty Pride showing up to date Spider-Man for a few episodes and her being gone from the X-Men you didn't really notice it, or when she came back, it wasn't like you really missed anything big. Whereas when I was reading through uh, uh, Rebirth in DC, you know, trying to go through the Batman, the Bat family, and like the Bat woman comics, like all at the same time, it's like they're in, she's in tandem off on her own, but also with all of them fighting in Gotham at the same time. It's like every single episode was check out this next issue of a completely different title. Check out the next issue of a completely different title. Yeah, that, I mean, that's something that we see going on a lot right now. Um, I think I think both DC and Marvel are pretty guilty of it. Of uh, They have a storyline that's taking place across four different series. Uh, you know what did that recently was... Um, when Darth Vader was uh, the the Marvel Star Wars run is almost all really good, by the way, if you have got a chance to read it. Uh, but the the Darth Vader storyline, Vader down, that was there was like one issue or two issues in the main Star Wars book. There was an issue of it, uh, two issues in the Darth Vader run. There was an issue, I think, in like uh, the Princess Leia book that was running at the time. It was the the story was spread out, and at least with that. Like, it would say, like, on the cover, you know, it'd be like, Princess Leia, number four, Vader down, six of eight. Like, it's the sixth story uh, yeah. in that storyline. But, man, just put it in what Pick a book that you really like and put it in there. How, how, it, like, how about, how have we not, in this day and age, why is there not a Netflix of comics? Or, or, or at least per publisher. Why can't I pay, like, a solid 20 bucks a month and get access to every single issue somewhere online? Isn't that the DC streaming service that you've been lambasting? Maybe. <laughs> I think that's. I think you do get that with well, the DC streaming. Okay, service. because here's the thing. I know that there are online compendiums of comics, but those that I have been to are so difficult to navigate. Yeah. Right. Like, like, why hasn't even some intrepid fan out there? Like, where's the hero that we deserve that is finding a way to sort of put everything in 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 order in in, in like a chronological order for if you want to read through like like this is the dude that that did this for me with the with the ultimate timeline when I found it his entire collection again. From the very first thing you read to the last, every single thing, whether it's a Spider-Man, an Avengers, a Fantastic Four, or or some offshoot thing that we've never heard of, they're put in the order that they happen mechanically and chronologically within the universe. And that's that's another reason why it's hard for me to get into any other series is because my first sort of big foray in, into comics proper was so perfect and well curated that when I try to do it any other time, it just, it angers me so much. So let's talk about uh, your favorite comic book all time. Oh boy. It doesn't have to be just one book. I mean, if it's a short run, you know, whatever your favorite comic experience, I guess let's put it that way. Okay. Uh, um, now now I, it, it would have been reading through, reading through Marvel, the, 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 the ultimate timeline, but, but I've already talked a bit about that. So instead I will talk about what I did not expect to like as much as I did. I've always been Marvel. Like when it comes to Marvel versus DC, I will be a Marvel fanboy before anything else. They both have excellent merits. Uh, you know, Batman has all the best villains, uh, but, but I'm a Marvel fanboy through and through. And even on the DC side, 
there's there's a lot of the characters that I never really gravitated to that I always thought were were pretty lame, and Green Lantern was among them. The the space cop. I mean, I I can obviously appreciate them for for what they are and what they do, but there was nothing about them that ever really captured me. Right? Yeah, I, can I was make never a big Green Lantern fan. Green either. things with my ring. Woo. Sorry, sorry, Hal Jordans and, and, and John Stewart's of the world. So imagine my surprise when I try to get into DC Rebirth and I start reading the Green Lanterns, which I was like, look, this is so dumb. Like, even DC knows a single Green Lantern can't carry the series. They need two of them to team up. Right. But, dude, Jessica and, and Boz, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. They're amazing. Like, I immediately fell in love with them. And, and specifically because they, they channeled that, that whole, like, that, that nerd persona and, and, like, anxiety and stuff. Like, like, I feel like anxiety isn't, isn't something that you really see superheroes have to deal with because they're usually invulnerable. They're, they're superheroes, right? But, right. but Jessica's character specifically really spoke to me. I mean, you know, the fact that, that when they're, at some point, uh, uh, banished in space somewhere, not sure that they're going to get back. And she's like, I just really, really miss my Snorlax. Or maybe it was a Jigglypuff or a Charizard or something. And I'm just like, wow, I did not expect to, to, to like Green Lanterns as much as I did. Right. When you realize that they're, they're just people. like Which isn't something that should have surprised me because I know that. But well, you know, yeah, here I am, like- 30 years old, and still being surprised by comics like that it was a great feeling yeah i think uh, so i'm i'm going to give i'm going to cheat a little bit and give two answers mainly cuz once my all-time favorite comic experience isn't superhero related uh so i'm i'm going to i'm going to go ahead and uh, i'll say my all-time favorite book is a book from image comics called sunstone uh which is done by uh, Japon Sage, uh, who is currently the lead artist on Aquaman. So if you are reading Aquaman right now and you really like that art, uh, the, the, he does a series called Sunstone, which is very good. And again, uh, Robbie, for similar reasons that you liked Green Lanterns, uh, it is a very real book. It's, uh, it's um, about two girls and their, uh, their relationship with one another, but it's very... It's so easy when you have subject matter like Sunstone deals with to just be very cheap about it. Uh, this handles it very maturely and very, very real. So if you, it is, it is definitely an 18 plus book. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're below 18, I would not read it. Uh, but it's, it's a very well written and very mature take on, uh, on that lifestyle. Well, so, if, if, if you get to, I'm going to use the second one as well. And, uh, okay. it, it, it does go back to, to Ultimate Spider-Man. And it is, it is in line with what, you know, you were mentioning earlier, the, the, the reason that you like Spider-Man so much. Um, the, uh, Avengers led by Car- Carol Danvers, who's not, uh, uh, Captain Marvel yet. You know, she has Cap on her team. Um, he's the only one that I can, remember from the normal adventures right i mean i mean uh, uh thor as well and then you have nick fury who's leading uh uh sort of a black ops like dark avengers type deal sure. he has uh blade the punisher uh i think he has red hulk with him and you find out later that loki was misfeeding them information to turn them against each other uh, uh fury thinks that carol is the leak so he's trying to take out her and her avengers carol thinks that fury is the leak and he's gone rogue so trying to take out him and his avengers and they've been turned against each other and they're having this fight on on this bridge um and spider-man over in his comic is busy panicking because since all this is going on 
Doc Ock, uh, um, I think the lizard might have been with them. Basically, all of Spider-Man's biggest foes have broken out of the raft and are basically just like, you know what? Uh, uh, Led by Harry Osborn, they know who Peter Parker is. He's like, nah, we're out. The first thing we're doing is we're killing Spider-Man. And Doc Ock was even like, no, no. You know what? We did the time. I'm trying to get back to normalcy, blah, 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 blah. And Harry or, or, or Norman Osborn, like, I don't think he straight up kills him, but he beats the shit out of him. And he's like, nah, we're going after Spider-Man. All the heroes are distracted right now. This is going to be easy. Oh. And they go for Aunt May. Peter oh. Parker, realizing, is trying to, like, get back as quickly as he can. And he sees the fight between the, the, the Avengers on the bridge and actually realizes that Castle's about to take a shot with a sniper rifle at Steve Rogers and swings down to push him out of the way and takes the shot and falls into the water and gets washed away. And Castle freaks out like, I just killed a kid and tries to get Cap to kill him, you know, as, as justice or whatever. But Parker ends up washing up on the shore, now bleeding from like a chest wound from the sniper rifle, still makes it back and still fights like five of his greatest villains. And, you know, in front of everyone outside of, of his house and takes them all out, has this drag down knockout fight with the Green Goblin, who's more of like a Hulk type thing at this point and ends up winning, but dies in Aunt May's arm. And that leads to the death of Spider-Man. And I'm even just right now remembering it, like I'm getting these chills, man. And like, like that moment, the, the funeral procession, like Aunt May slapping cap, this, this little girl who's like, you know, uh, 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 asks Aunt May as she's walking by, are you Spider-Man's mom? Like just the whole thing is, oh, that was, oh uh, my gosh, that is a story I have actually read. Uh, <sighs> the well, death of Spider-Man? Know- Yes, I have read the you know because they release that as a compendium. Right, 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 right. I have actually read that book, and you are correct. That is an outstanding uh, story arc. One of one of my all time favorites. Uh, I'm not a Superman fan. I don't like Superman as a character. As a as a uh, character concept, yes. Right, no, uh, no, no weaknesses. All the superpowers, and the one thing that can kill him is not native to Earth, but he dies nearly every episode. Right. So, yeah, and I'm expected to believe that people, like, you know, can stand up to him. Um, So, Superman is only as interesting as his villains allow him to be. Uh, That said, there is a story uh, story arc in Batman Superman. I think those two, uh, as bad as the movie was, I think (laughs) those two do play off each other extraordinarily well because of who their characters are and what their backgrounds look like. There is a book in the New 52 run of Batman Superman where they end up swapping powers. Um, uh, like, Superman's powers go to Batman. Right, right, okay. And so what happens is we kind of see, like, almost the worst-case scenario of what would play out if those two ever had each other's powers. And, like, Batman, who is an absolute control freak, who, uh, you know, he cannot stand to let anybody down, he is he basically goes into overdrive as a... As a as a hero and uh jim gordon actually says it was the, the first night in the history of gotham where not a single crime was committed because batman is using his powers and as a detective so well that he's preventing crimes uh in the process of them happening so no crimes are actually being committed and he's going and he's he, but he's you know pushing himself batman, too far he's pushing himself too far and he's starting to push the you know the limits of you know okay you have to like you can't arrest people before they commit a crime you even like, if you like, know they're going to 
Right, even if you can think that they're going to. So, uh, and Superman, uh, meanwhile, is living out a normal life for a couple days. You know, he's no longer living in this world of tissue paper. You know, he can actually, you know, if he wanted to throw a punch, he actually could. He can actually go all out on some things. And it's interesting seeing their dynamic as characters kind of change because by the end of it, when Batman finally starts to realize, oh, God, what I'm doing is insane and wrong, uh, they kind of have this moment where they come to really understand why they respect each other so much in that Batman appreciates Superman because he has all these powers and can have the willpower not to use them. He can, he actually cannot use them. Uh, whereas Su- Superman continues, see, sees like, sees what it's like to be fragile, sees what it's like to not be invincible and to, you know, to need to find the courage to still be a hero without that. And he gains more respect for Batman. Those two being able to play off each other is a very interesting story for a character that I legit cannot stand. Yeah, no, I, I, I think they do that a lot well. There was a recent comic panel that I remember seeing, uh, which came after, um, Batman uh, proposed to to Selina to to Catwoman, and yes. and in this comic panel, uh, Batman and Selina were breaking into some place for some reason, and Lois and Clark were like coming up an elevator, and they were talking to their significant others about the other person, and and, and you know the idea was basically you know uh, Superman's like you know I, I I really admire him because you know he he grew up seeing his family you know get killed and basically admitting that all the stuff that he's gone through. How is it that Batman isn't a criminal? He should be a criminal. He didn't have all the things that I have. And then that's put up against Batman, you know, looking at what Clark's been through and is like all that stuff that he's gone through. He should be a criminal, but he's not like he didn't get to go through all the stuff that I went through that made me into a hero. And just to see the way that they see each other like you're you're right. I think putting Batman up against Superman is always the best way to show what does make him did you in get a to certain read, right his uh, a good character did you get to read the uh the book i think it's actually the episode that or the issue that follows that one where they all go on a double date no no i see the the, the only reason that i actually saw that was because it, it was uh uh um sort of showcased uh specifically on uh on a comic book website that that i frequently so no uh since trying to go through the a bunch of the rebirth comics there there isn't actually a full comic that i've read from DC. okay there's a they have a comic after where they go, all go on a double date of and they try they to go do. <laughs> yeah they try to go to a a theme park and uh it's superhero night and so only people with superhero cosplays are allowed to go in so so uh, they all go in costume yeah well they all go as each other uh, oh yeah so so, so uh, clark as batman and bruce as superman yes and the and, oh my and God. uh yeah lois goes as catwoman uh and catwoman just sweet talks her way in because lois isn't a superhero right but uh she so she wow. talks uh, so it's that is actually very interesting too because you get to again you get to kind of build more on that dynamic of how they view each other uh and it's that kind of thing by the way that is the reason the movie Batman vs. Superman absolutely sucked is because it's that kind of context and their understanding of one another that when they finally fight makes it really, really interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know, speaking of the, the Batman vs. Superman movie, I saw a comic strip the other day where, you know, the Justice League's all lined up and Batman's like, Dark Side, it's over. Your boom boxes are closed. <gasps> closed? But what about Martha? 
how will I see my mother again? And Wonder Woman's like, damn it! <laughs> As Batman's tearing up. Um, oh, yeah, no. yeah. You know, uh, um, uh, something that I'd like to 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 do with uh, with this show too, since since we do do it live on Twitch over at uh, twitch.tv slash checkpoint xp, is uh, what's really cool about where comics are nowadays is they've penetrated our greater media, our greater culture. Like, like I believe that nerd culture isn't nerd culture anymore. This is just our culture. Everyone right. has some basis. For it, right? So everyone obviously in the chat, everyone that listens to us or, 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 you know, rewatches our VODs, downloads the podcast, whatever, they all have interest in superheroes as well. So I think whenever we get to the end of the show or as we're nearing the end of the show, if there are any, anyone in our chat that wants to ask any questions, whether it was related today or not, or you just want our opinion on something, start throwing them in there. And, and I think that's a cool way to sort of, you know, take the, take the, the podcast out and the episode is is you know fielding a few questions from the chat well i mean comic books have been doing that for since the beginning of time letters to the editor right letters you, to the editor yeah you can yeah i think that's absolutely something we could do so yeah if you guys have any questions out there that you want answered about our opinions on comic books movies as you said not even just geek culture anymore it's frankly it's american culture at mm-hmm. this point uh feel free to to shout them out you know i i always love uh, the letters to the editor section uh, in the Squirrel Girl comics that they were doing um, in 2015. They had a, a bunch of uh, questions to the editor where it was just like one after another because the squirrel was called, you know, the unbeatable Squirrel Girl. That was her comic. So they would ask, you know, who would win in a fight between Squirrel Girl and Wolverine? And they'd be like, well, we've already seen that fight. Squirrel Girl wins. Who would win in a fight between uh, Squirrel Girl and Galactus? Tune into issue four of this series to find out. <laughs> Who would win in a fight between squirrel? And then, like, the third one just cuts off. He's like, listen, she's called the unbeatable squirrel girl. If the other person doesn't have unbeatable before their name, squirrel girl wins the fight. That's that's hilarious. Uh, Lloyd says, do you think there would be another Groot in the next Avengers movie? I think that Groot will come back. Uh, everything that I've read or seen or has been theorized so far is suggesting very heavily that there may be some time travel involved. Yes. So, yes, very likely. Uh, right. I mean, we know, we know that Doctor Strange went through millions of different scenarios to see what would happen, mm-hmm. and he, we're we're on we're on course for the one where they see that they win. Yep. Uh, and yeah, I think it's got to evolve some sort of time travel mechanic. I don't know how Captain Marvel's going to play into that, but I guess we'll yeah. see. Uh, and LBR and Nero, this this is this isn't much of a question. Teen Titans Go uh, is greater than the original animated Teen Titans. Discuss that. That's actually an episode right there. That's, I mean. Nero. I, when, I, when the yeah, crossover when the crossover comes out, that's an episode right there. Yeah, when that movie actually hits, we'll definitely do an episode on that because I think Robbie and I probably do fall on opposing sides of that discussion. Mm, I think that they have their own merits. Now, now, now that's that's actually going to be a movie. Teen Titans Go and and the 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 old Teen Titans. That's going to be. I just knew that there was going to yeah. be a crossover of some sort. It's, it's going to no, be. A, yeah, oh, okay. it's a movie. Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans. Hmm, interesting. Ha- uh, how fucked is Scott Lang in the MCU right now? See, that's, uh, that's the best of questions. I have no clue how the fuck he's going to get out. Yeah, so, I mean, the answer is, I think, it's pretty fucked. He's stuck in the quantum realm, uh, which, by the way, that was a very creepy ending to that movie, because like there was very much that feeling of, like, oh, God, he's actually stuck there. How scary would that yep, be? Yep, he can't bring himself back out, because that was the old modulator on his suit. And unless somebody, even if somebody stumbles across all that stuff up there, 
they like th- what are the chances that anyone's going to know what to do or accidentally do it? Because if I came across a setup like that, you know what I'm doing? I'm turning around and I'm noping right back down those stairs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, if you if I don't have any emergency way out, absolutely not. I'm not. Uh, now that would be, by the way, the biggest punch ever pulled. By the way, if he's just like, oh wait a minute, hits his modulator and it like sends him back out. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, mm. that'd be, it'd be like it'd be a bummer, but at the same time, like it'd be interesting if like that's how he like missed the snap. Like if he was supposed to be snapped out of existence. But that's been my him, biggest question. Is yes, exactly. Did he just not get snapped? Did the quantum realm affect him? Right. Somehow. Uh, yeah. I, I also saw another one of those memes where, like, you know, someone's getting ready to go to sleep and the brain asks the question that keeps you up. And the brain asks, you know, uh, uh, Fury's plan with Captain Marvel is predicated on the fact that, or on the chance that she wasn't the, part of the half that got snapped away. Oh. Unless, unless there's something about Captain Marvel as well, because, you know, she's supposedly one of the most powerful beings in the known universe that somehow he knew or or maybe just hoped that she was yeah. snapped as well yeah so uh who's left in the mcu smart enough to run hank pym shit tony Sh- stark and bruce banner or all that's left uh excuse me shuri and, Sh- and shuri yep so all those are possibilities that said if marvel gives me this scene i will forgive any other mistake they make if they give me a sequence of Scott Lang trying to explain what the equipment does to shuri tony stark and bruce banner who just look really pissed off as they have to try to understand it that will be the best movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, he's just trying to, like, he just keeps saying the word quantum over and over again. <laughs> You're just saying quantum. It's like, I don't know. That's what they do, and it makes sense to them. Or if we get uh, Louise trying to explain it, that would be uh, Oh, there you go. Great, too. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that that's going to be all that we have for today. Since I had such an amazing intro, I'm going to put Joe in charge of outroing the show. Okay. Uh, all right. Oh, uh, will Robbie and Joe ever get their mic levels figured out? Find in next time. Same Twitch channel, same Twitch place. Okay, I'm sorry. Did you just say find in next time? I don't know. You Tune did. <laughs> also, make sure to check out all of our social medias, guys. You can connect with us. Uh, let us know what you like about everything we do, whether it's the other identity, low team damage, low at first sight, uh, checkpoint daily, or just checkpoint XP in general on Twitter and Facebook. That is checkpoint XP. It's the same over at Twitch and checkpoint underscore XP at Instagram. And of course, you can find everything that we do over at checkpointxp.com. Uh, so, one more time, Joe. Tune in next time. There you go. All right. See you later, guys.